Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Bus Podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, it's a it's a bad day today, which is disappointing, of course. But there haven't been too many of those. Um, obviously, like there was the day that the Arizona State game got canceled, the USC game got canceled. So I guess we're we're still looking at like one per week. But compared to what was going on in like August and over the summer. And really, like, March when everything shut down, like, a piece of bad news once a week isn't as bad as what we were dealing with before. And that's a perspective that I've chosen to take with all this. Um, But it does suck. For those of you who haven't heard, um, the CU men's basketball team is pausing all of, well, everything for the foreseeable future. Um, the reason is because, uh, there, there seems to be some sort of outbreak. The press release that the buff sent out this morning, um, included a a quote from Rick George. He said, we have temporarily paused our men's basketball operations due to positive cases of COVID-19 within the program. Uh, this includes the postponement of Wednesday's game at Arizona, The status of other upcoming games is dependent upon contact tracing and subsequent testing of team members and basketball staff this week. As we have since the pandemic began, we'll continue to prioritize the health and safety of our student-athletes, staff, campus, and community as we navigate this season. We'll continue daily testing of our student-athletes to ensure positive cases are identified early and isolated quickly, in addition to adhering to guidance from state, local, and campus public health officials. Um, so yeah, that's a, 
that's what you're looking at. Um, the 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 Pac-12 statement said that uh, Colorado does not have the minimum number of scholarship student athletes available for the game um, due to previously reported COVID-19 issues within the program and associated contact tracing protocols. Um, so we'll see what exactly this <laughs> means. Um, the the way the Pac-12 words it is i mean due to previously reported covid 19 issues i mean that's deshaun schwartz testing positive um and, and then there were a couple of other players who were taken out due to contact tracing um now they're doing the contact tracing again which makes it kind of seem like somebody else must have tested positive and so you have to go through all of his contacts you know, props to the Buffs for being able to get that last game in, that Kansas State game, um, because with the way all that stuff works, like, you know, Deshaun Schwartz flies with the team to Kansas, and when they're in Kansas, he tests positive. That's a tough situation, and you just have to hope that he was masked up, you know, that he was wearing a mask on the plane, um, that he was wearing a mask in all of the situations where they are required to wear masks. You know, this is where the Broncos got in trouble, you know, because the Broncos, during one quarterback meeting, they pulled the mask down to talk, and they that meant that when one of those quarterbacks tested positive a couple days later, all of the quarterbacks weren't allowed to play because they had pulled their mask down to talk. And... If Deshaun Schwartz pulled his mask down to talk on that plane, <laughs> then the Buffs are in trouble. Um, and it, it, again, it's not like there's a whole lot of details about what's going on here. Um, the weird thing is that they say previously reported COVID nineteen issues, and so that like was there? Did they find something days later after the contract tracing? Like that would be a bad look. Um, but then on the other side, you have the Buffs statement, the Rick George statement um, that says uh, due to positive cases of COVID-19 within the program. So maybe there were more positives than we knew. Who knows? The, the point is, though, um, the Arizona game that was supposed to be played Wednesday night, it would have been a, a lot of fun. Um, that will not happen. And... Um, the game on Saturday, which was supposed to be against Washington State, that hasn't been canceled, which kind of surprises me. Um, but I guess they're going to try the contact tracing and see how it goes. Um, and from there, I mean, if it is bad, then you're, I mean, you see what happens to the football teams. Um, Arizona State had to cancel, I think, two games. I think some have had to cancel more, some have had to cancel less, but you're typically looking at about two weeks. Um, again, speculation at this point because they only did cancel the Arizona game on Wednesday and not the Washington State game on Saturday, uh, which is a definitely a good sign. Um, so we'll stay tuned to that. And um, we're actually going to shift up the schedule just a little bit this week. Uh, Thursday was supposed to be the day that there was no podcast, um, but that uh again obviously things are different so what's what's happening right now is that we're gonna have a nice quick short podcast today um tomorrow on wednesday i'll be back with ryan konigsberg and we'll be talking some buffs um and all sorts of different stuff 
And then on Thursday, Ben, the DMVR intern, who's a big basketball nerd, uh, he's going to be on then um, since that will no longer be after a game. We're not missing our chance to preview a game. Um, and then on Friday, I guess Friday is going to be our big preview for the Colorado-Arizona football game, which is on Saturday. Um, and I think that'll be just me, but you never really know. Uh, and then, of course, on Saturday after the Buffs game, we will have the uh, the post-game show from the DMVR studios. And I'm really excited about that. You know, it was going to be like a fun double post-game because it was supposed to be back-to-back basketball, football. And I guess, you know, basketball game Saturday hasn't been canceled either. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Things don't look good is what I will say. Um, but, yeah, that's what to expect for the rest of the week. Um, before we get into some notes from practice today, uh, I want to say a couple words about Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is awesome. They do great work. They get great reviews. We've heard from a bunch of DNVR listeners and members and all sorts of people who said that they switched over to Green Mountain Dental because they were happy with their experience. Um, it's a family-owned dentistry. Uh, they, they do great work, like I said, and it's only 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood, so it's super convenient. Um, and you should get out there. The best part is if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental. Um, that's a great deal. Make sure you take advantage of it. And the reason they put that deal together is because if you go in there, you're going to be impressed and you're going to, uh, you're going to stick with them. All right. Um, again, we're just going to go pretty quickly through these notes. Um, Today was a weird day. I'm I'm not going to lie. Um th- the theme of today's media call was walk-ons who I think yeah, walk-ons who've started. Um I th- did they all start? I think Curtis Appleton was credit with the start. Um if not, they've played significant roles. Um and the three players we talked to first was Mac Willis, the kicker from Cherry Creek. Um you at home may have uh, turned on the Buffs game, gotten all excited, and then heard Mac Willis to kick off and thought, huh, I wonder who that is. Well, let me tell you all about who Mac Willis is in just a second. Um, he's a kickoff specialist, and it looks like that might be his role going forward. We also heard from CJ Schmansky, uh, the 10th walk-on to start a game for Colorado, um, like like ever. Uh, and he started at tight end because of injuries to Brady Russell and Matt Lynch and uh, Jared Poplowski and Louis Passareo. Um, yeah, so that elevated him all the way up to starter. And uh, he actually had a fun story because if you didn't notice, um, there was a, a big number 98. I think it's 98. Um, who was running around out there um, next to him at tight end, and that's Nico Magri. And the two of them, Nico and uh, CJ, actually went to Monarch High School together where CJ was a quarterback and Nico was a defensive lineman. So now here they are in the Power Five starting. I guess Magri didn't get credited with the start because he didn't start. Um, But being the top two options at tight end, that's a pretty crazy story. Uh, And then also we heard from Curtis Appleton, who starts in place of, uh, oh, Chris Miller. 
in place of Chris Miller in his absence, absences throughout the course of this season. Um, and he also got an interception to seal the game this week. So kind of fun hearing some new voices and, uh, you know, it, it definitely is different. You know, you're so used to talking to guys who spend a lot of time talking to reporters and taking a lot of questions. Um, and you know, it, it, it's cool to see some of these guys, you know, Mac Willis, the path for him getting on uh, the podium in front of a bunch of reporters was a very narrow path and one that he was unlikely to find this season. But now as a redshirt freshman, here he is. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about some of these walk-ons. And let's just start with Mac Willis. Um, he said that the coaches called him early this week and basically said, you know, you're, we're not saying we're starting you as the kickoff specialist, but what we will say is that if you have a good week of practice, you're going to be starting at kickoff specialist. And so he did have a good week. He said it felt like basically any other week of practice. Um, and uh, obviously it worked out, and he kicked pretty well. I think he averaged – he did have the one go out of bounds. Um, so, so that one was not good. But the other three were all touchbacks. I think he averaged like 63 or 64 yards per kick. When you're kicking from the 35-yard line, that's getting real close to the – to the goal line and what that would be like like the three four yard line on average is where he's leaving those kicks that's really good for uh your first start your first college action um so you know the the kickoff out of bounds that's the one that people are gonna circle because kickoff specialist is kind of an unforgiving job like you're you're just having to kick it really far and not out of bounds and all you can really do is screw it up it's rare it's rare that you say, wow, what a what a day from the kickoff specialist. I guess you could just like put them all out of the end zone or something. Rare. Hey, while we're here, actually this is this is relevant because you know, I'm not going to lie. There were I I didn't have a lot of questions for Mac Willis. Um but I did have one that's pretty topical. Um Sarah Fuller, the kicker for well, actually, not the kicker for Vanderbilt. Um, the soccer player for Vanderbilt. She was like the first Power Five or first first woman to play in a Power Five football game, um, and uh, that was a cool thing that happened. And uh, I asked him, like, as a kicker, what's it like to see it? She, he basically said, you know, it's, it, it is really cool to see. Um, she was kicking like bombs um, when he was watching her Vanderbilt goalie highlights. Um, and uh, he thought that she executed the squib kick pretty well. Um, you know, I since this is a short podcast, this is one where I just get to interject my thoughts whenever I want to, which I guess was I spent 52 minutes talking about Nate Landman yesterday. But, um, you know, here's my thing with the whole Sarah Fuller thing, because as always, a woman doing something turned out to be pretty toxic on the Internet. Um Let's just, I, I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page and knows what was going on. So, obviously, like all of the specialists got sick. There was nobody who had ever kicked a football before. They had at Vanderbilt, like a bunch of players try to kick a football, didn't go well. Um, they couldn't hold a tryout because there wasn't enough time and then there's the covid protocols as well and so they really had no options and uh so apparently the head football coach is good friends with the head women's soccer coach and was like hey is there anybody who 
we can at least like just just throw out there. Like we just literally need somebody so that when we have to do a kickoff, there is somebody who we can put out there and kick the ball because none of these guys are doing it. Um, there is no men's soccer team, and so your your options are very limited. Turns out it's Sarah Fuller who, uh, you know, she she had never kicked a football before, like two days before the game, um, and. You know, everybody was saying, like, oh, it's a terrible kickoff. And uh, the the truth is, like, if she could have kicked that ball through the end zone, they would have had her kick that ball through the end zone instead of just giving the other team the ball at the 35, um, the 40. But that was not an option. And honestly, that's typically not an option with college kickers anyway. And what would have happened if they said, Sarah Fuller, kick this ball as far as you can? We will never know. But... What we do know is that, boy, do people have some guesses. And uh, just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Had never kicked a football before. Oh, the other dumb thing I was reading is that, like, well, you can't put her out there on kickoff or somebody's just going to light her up. And it's like, well, have you ever looked at a college kicker? Like, like it's not like these guys are stallion athletes running around. Like, no, half of them are, you know, it's college kickers typically if the defense wants to get give them a beating they're gonna give them a beating and honestly sarah fuller at six foot two and you know like built pretty well it's not like she's scrawny you know that you could uh, i don't think she is more in harm's way than your average college kicker because she's bigger than most of them i don't know um i guess maybe this is just a sarah fuller podcast Mac Willis, I think, would agree with what I had to say. Back to what he had to say, though. Um, it wasn't until his senior year at uh, Cherry Creek that he decided that he wanted to play in college. Um, obviously, local. He decided just to walk on at CU. Um, he knew that wherever he went, it'd kind of just be a gamble. Like, is this going to... <laughs> am I ever going to have any chance at an opportunity? And obviously, it worked out. Um, again, he knew he had a week to prove it didn't really change much um in terms of himself making tackles he was like yeah i could see myself like going out there and getting getting into things um played some defense he is also six foot two by the way um i'm not sure what his weight is listed at oh i also don't know his number so this little quick scroll through this depth chart that i keep pulled up is not gonna help i can tell you that it's at least 30 um Wow, still scrolling. Oh, 37 is his number. Um, 6'2", 190. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. He played some defense. He played lacrosse. He won a couple of state championships in lacrosse, too. Um, yeah, honestly, that's that's uh, that's what we have to say about Mac Willis. Uh, CJ Schmansky, the tight end whose name is real. Um, again, 10th walk-on to start at CU. Um, those numbers don't go back a long ways though. They, they didn't like track that well before like the nineties or something. So, um, 10th that we know of, and I guess that means Curtis, how is Curtis Appleton not credit start? I guess maybe they just have heavy personnel out there. Um, like a, a true three, four, no star in the games where he's replaced Chris Miller. I don't know. doesn't really matter. I guess, oh, Isaiah Lewis is probably getting some of those. And then when they go light from there, Isaiah Lewis, so that's where Curtis Appleton, okay, figured it out. Um, Curtis Appleton, we'll get to him. I have been really impressed. But CJ Schmansky, um, like I said before, from Monarch, um, 
with Nico Magri, who was a defensive end. CJ played both ways. He was an outside linebacker. He was a quarterback. Not like a passing the ball quarterback, but like a running the ball quarterback. Uh, high school football. Love it. Um, he said he was 175 pounds as a freshman. Uh, now, as a sophomore, uh, he is 240 pounds. So, he put on 65 pounds in a year. That's pretty crazy. Oh, I guess it'd be two years because he's got it. Yeah, he's a redshirt freshman, right? Come on. Load. No. He. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. So, two years, 65 pounds, 32 and a half pounds a year. That's a pretty great pace. He did clarify. Um, it's good weight. It's muscle. Um, he said that he's been having fun playing. Um, when asked to like evaluate his own play, to assess his own play, he said, you know, he, he does focus on the stuff he missed. You know, that's just kind of where his mind goes. And so he thinks about some some plays he may have been able to make in the running game with some blocks, thinks about the drop he had. Um, but overall, he said, you know, I, I played decent. I feel pretty good. There's work to be done. Um, so kind of what you'd expect from a walk-on tight end making his first start. Um, good to see him out there, though. It is fun to see these guys get a chance to play. Um, he His dad went to see you. Um, so, so they grew up going to a bunch of Buffs games, so he always did kind of want to come here if he had a chance. Um, he said that, oh, uh, here's a fun one. I, I asked him about Taylor Embry, the tight ends coach. And, you know, typically when we ask somebody about Taylor Embry, we hear a lot of very good things. Well, today we heard those same good things, but in even stronger terms. Um, and he started off by just saying, like, he is a hell of a coach. And he said, like, I've had a lot of coaches um, and I've even had a lot of tight end coaches at Colorado, but Taylor Embry is one of the smartest guys I've ever been coached by. He knows so much. Um, he says it's crazy watching him in the meeting rooms, breaking down field. Like he, he mentioned that he had worked with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, which is uh, like there are very few people with that resume, which is the perfect resume for a tight ends coach in the NFL right now. Like those are the two guys at the very top. You, if, if you could say I coach two guys, those are the two you'd want. Um, but he says like in the meeting rooms, when you're just sitting there watching him break down f film, it's like the, the things that he sees and the things he can explain. Um, he said it's amazing. So that's some good stuff. Um, if, if you want to get more hyped about Taylor Embry, Today was your day. Um, uh, he also said that Brady Russell and Matt Lynch have been almost as helpful as Taylor Embry. Um, and, and part of the reason for that, I mean, obviously it's their personalities and them having a good understanding and having a lot of information that they can hand off to a younger player. But also he said because um, Taylor lets them work with him. You know, when he was on the field last week uh, or when he came off the field, those two were on the sideline, like waiting for him, waiting to talk to him. And that's kind of the approach that they have. Again, nothing that he said about Taylor Embry surprises me. Hearing those things about Brady Russell does not surprise me at all either. Um, we don't know Matt Lynch well, but he seems like a good guy too. Uh, so yeah, um, good stuff to hear about the tight ends room. And uh Congrats to C.J. Schmansky on getting two catches on uh, the first two of his career. See what he does this week. Um, how many? See, here's the thing: is that technically this is a five-day week podcast, but with that post-game show, it kind of 
like we have to move one and so today is technically the off day and so the ads are in a strange situation but let's just throw a couple in and uh that'll clear some space going forward um but which ones Ooh, you know i guess we got to go with the big ones uh DraftKings Sportsbook. We love DraftKings Sportsbook. I am here's what I'm doing right now. I am sitting in my chair in uh, my bedroom slash office, and it kind of depends on what time it is. Um, and uh, I've got my computer, I've got my iPad with the notes, and I've got the TV right here playing the Texas Indiana game, and it's currently halftime. And Texas is up by 12 points, and Texas was a two-point underdog on DraftKings Sportsbook, which means unless they lose the second half by 14, I'm going to make money. And I'm sitting here and talking buffs and watching myself make money is a great way to spend uh, an early Tuesday afternoon. And I really recommend that that's what you guys too, do too because this basketball season has been a lot of fun. Um, I think right now that USC-BYU game is about to tip off probably going to need to get some action in on that it's, it's just so nice like i think texas indiana was 11 30 usc playing at 12 30 as a pac 12 people we have to like that um there's some more games but like the next ranked game is at two o'clock washington plays at two o'clock as well um north carolina stanford uh i'm i'm gonna put a lot of money on that stanford money line i'll tell you that right now um and that's also at 2 o'clock. Like, we aren't even deep into the afternoon yet, and there's this much basketball. So what I'm going to do is, uh, well, I guess we have the fantasy podcast at 2. Outside of that, I'm just going to sit here and watch basketball and make money all day. And that's something that DraftKings lets me do. And uh, let's see. is there What's our what's our deal this week? Um, oh, 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 DraftKings. Oh, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win. That's right, $1 to win $100. Uh, use promo code DNVR during sign-up to take advantage of these great offers for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Um, before we get out of here, Curtis Appleton. Um, I asked about the interception. Kind of a cop-out of a question to ask, if I'm being totally honest. But... I was the first one to type in that a question, and that is the low-hanging fruit. How was the interception? Uh, and he said uh, it, it, he was a little bit overexcited and that there was a tight end who got the shoelace tackle. He thinks that if if he uh, he had like a chance to score if he just could have gotten by that one guy. But again, first career interception makes sense to maybe not be totally within yourself thinking clearly once the ball gets into your hands. Uh, he did say that it was a lot of fun celebrating with his teammates though. And just great moment overall. Uh, I would agree. I was having a great time when he had that interception also um, on having like this opportunity he's had. 
Um, you know, he is the backup for Chris Miller at the star position. He said like the biggest thing is just knowing the playbook. Um, and you have to take advantage every time you're on the field. And when there were some injuries, he had to get on the field. Uh, wasn't really anticipating getting the time that he got, but when he got out there, he was prepared and we've seen quite a bit of him this season since. Um, and to be honest, I thought he's played really well. Um, I, I got to go back. I think that's the other thing. I'm going to get this college basketball games on tonight and then on my computer or something else, I'm going to get the last Buffs game because I want to watch more of these tight ends. Um, I want to see more about what was going on with that offensive line because I think it was great. Honestly, like I want to see Terrence Lang in particular uh, just because I, I feel like he's been playing well, but I haven't. When there's so many things going on, that's why I have to rewatch to go see if he is actually playing as well as it feels like he is. Um, but then also Curtis Appleton and that entire secondary, honestly. But then once you get in there, it's like, oh, there's Nate in the middle. I wonder what he's going to do. And the answer is always like something pretty cool. So, yeah, that's that's my plan for the night. And I'm pretty excited about that. Um, let's see. What else do we hear from Curtis Appleton? Um he said that there's a good relationship between the seven guys who are from Cherry Creek on the roster. Um, he thinks that like the the bond is nice, and it's nice that they're they were all there pretty much at the same time. He says for him, like even if he uh like is one of the older ones, he's a junior. And I'm pretty sure there was like a sit out year in there. Yeah, yeah. So freshman year, he was at Washburn in Kansas. Um, didn't play. Transferred to CU in 2018. That was technically his redshirt year. Last year was a sophomore year. Um, played him four games on special teams. And this year, he's a redshirt junior. And so he he says like even the young guys like they were freshmen when I was a senior. Uh, and so everybody does like have that relationship and he said it also helps that they were so good when he was there and they're used to winning and they bring like a a good culture uh also cherry creek plays valor on saturday and uh, joe davis valor's lone representative on the cu roster uh well curtis said that joe knows what's going to happen so there's a little trash talk there for the colorado high school football fans listening in and um he said that he left the the uh, was it Washburn in Kansas um just be he said the biggest thing actually was that like when he played at Cherry Creek they were selling out games and the crowd was full and then getting out there is like yeah this this isn't big enough um and so he decided oh, over winter break to apply to CU um and uh he had to walk on he had to give up his scholarship to to make that move um, but he wanted to prove that he could play here. And so far, he has proven that he can play here. Um, you know, that's the thing about walk-ons, especially like the, the thing about walk-ons is a lot of the time it doesn't work out. But when they get invited to media calls, they're typically the ones where it did work out. And so just hearing from a few guys who had to walk on at CU and uh, again, I've, I've played significant roles this season. Um, it's always it's just good stories. Um I think that that's all I have. Oh, I guess there's a little bit more. Um, when Mel Tucker came to see you, he put uh, Curtis Appleton at star. And Curtis said that like it was good to start there 
and like learn that position. Um, but then after Mel left, he started moving around. And, and he's played cornerback. He's played both of the safety spots. Obviously, he's been on the field primarily at star this year. But he thinks that having the experience of playing all these different positions has made it really easy for him because he knows where his help is and he knows where everybody else is going to be on every play. Um, and that's something that the buffs really tried to do. And it's something we've talked a lot about in this podcast um, is, is cross train players at all these different positions. And I'm not sure if the idea was that it's just good for their brains to know what's going on in all these different positions or if it was just because they wanted to have the versatility in the secondary this season because you don't know who you're going to be missing any given week. Um, that's the reason that we've heard the most. Um, we have heard from Brett Maxey um, a little bit about why it is good. And, and I asked him, I think, um, you know, what are you looking for in somebody to, who wants to play safety at Colorado? And he basically said, like, I'm not looking for safeties. I'm looking for defensive backs. And all these positions really are pretty interchangeable in their minds. And there's definitely like best places to play guys. Um, but I think that this approach has been beneficial. Um, and I think that we're going to see it pay off more going forward. Oh, and uh, just as we're getting ready to go, uh, there's the email that Nate Landman has been named the Bronco Nagurski National Defensive Player of the Week. So just in case the trophy case wasn't already full. There we go. So this week, Nate Landman is the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. He's the uh, Walter Camp Football Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, he's the Bronco Nagurski National Defensive Player of the Week. And he's also... Oh, he made it into the semifinalist list, the 16 semifinalists for the Buckkiss Award, Award, which goes to the best defender in college football, or, sorry, best uh, linebacker in college football, not overall defender. Um, so, yeah, big week for Nate Landman. And, hey, if you if you want to know more about him, listen into yesterday's podcast because it was basically an hour of talking about Nate Landman. Um, plus, 20 minutes later, because it was a long podcast of, uh, I can't remember, whatever else was going on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Ryan, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Thursday, we'll have Ben on. Friday, I think it'll just be me, and we're going to get pretty football-heavy talking about, like like I said, I'm going back watching all these CU games today. Um, I'm going to go through and watch some Arizona at some point during the week. And on Friday, meld all of that together into uh, a preview of the game on Saturday. And hopefully there's a basketball game Saturday, too. That post game is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening, and I'll uh, see you tomorrow.